to the van life. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. This is the podcast where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And we have another special episode for you today. This one is going to be with a friend of ours, well, somebody we met online, and he has a really unique rig. His name is Joseph. On Instagram, he goes as Mark Spanky Panky. But he worked for the airlines, or still works for the airlines for many years, so he's still traveling and working. But he found the coolest rig through his job. And we'll talk about it in this episode today, but first an update from the road. We have been doing lots of long-haul drives lately, cross-country, cross-country many countries. As you guys know, we drove up from Panama back to California, then from California to Utah, then we tried to get from Utah to Florida. Didn't go so well, but we made it from Tennessee to Florida. After dropping a whole new engine into our old but new rig to us, um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind of, I don't know, about a month, it feels like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, time has ceased to exist. And so, well, that's not time is moving. Quickly. We we've ceased to exist in it, it feels like. <laughs> but so we've been kind of really lucky to be staying in and out with family and friends the whole time, which has been really nice. And I think it's one of the beautiful benefits of being on the road is that you can spend extended amounts of time. With people that you really love. Yeah, for sure. And if you hear small sounds of thunder in the background, that's just a kid stomping around in the middle of the living room. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that people take for granted that like when you do work that nine to five job, when you're in that hustle of a life, when you're commuting, when you're doing all of these things, you know, maybe you see your friends and family occasionally. You have to like book three months out to get to like drinks on the calendar, um, you know, or maybe you see them once a year at a birthday or a holiday or something like that. But with van life, you know, because we work remotely, we have the ability to kind of show up and hang out. And so you get to spend actual quality time with people. Yeah, it's but it's really hard to separate like when your time is and when the hangout time is. So we, we get to do a lot of hanging out. We're really fortunate for that. But, you know, it does play a role of, you know, you might get a little bit more stress from the fact that you have to get some work done and you're trying to figure out time for it, especially when, you know, there's things to do with the family, you know, so there's there's a give and take to it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like this weekend coming up, it's Mother's Day. There's a big game that we've been invited to. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of things going on. And so it's nice that we can be here and enjoy them all with everybody Mm -hmm. But then it definitely does take away from our own time. But I also know people who, like, like we were talking about some friends of ours who they live so close to family that every single weekend is something, something, something. So the nice thing about van life is that, you know, you're not just in one spot all the time and people expect that you to show up at all these things. I feel like we're the opposite. They don't expect us to show up, but... Sometimes we just make it there. Yeah, and then when we do, everybody's stoked and we have a good time. And then, like, we're going to, you know, we've spent a couple weeks here in Florida between before and after getting the van fixed. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to leave and we probably won't be back for, like, months. Last time we were here in Florida is when we had Olive the van and when we were building her out, which was two plus years ago. 
uh, two and a half years ago, basically. So there are these like big long stints of time where we're not in one place. So when we do come to like Florida to see my family, uh, we, we spend some time here normally. Yeah. So I think it's nice. And I think it's like, I would say it's a plus of van life. Like obviously, you know, we're not used to having two toddlers running around and, you know, managing everybody else's time and events and things. But we also get to have some really good quality time with the kids and, you know, they know who we are and they love hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a blessing. We always happen to come around right when it's Potty training season. (laughs) (laughs) It's like spring training for baseball, but, you know, but little deuces get dropped everywhere. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into this episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it and maybe start to think outside the box, you know, like a van life van does not have to be a sprinter. It does not have to be a pro master. There are a million different kinds of vehicles And this is proof that you can turn almost anything into a tiny home on wheels. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. No, that's funny. I just gave a tour to, uh, I'm here with that. Here, let me show you real fast. Um, I've got a couple buddies here out in Moab, and then it turned into like this small town. (laughs) (laughs) I love when that happens. Swap it around. How do I switch it around? Uh, Great question. He's on his phone, so we wouldn't have the same buttons. Like yeah, him. I don't know. Just turn your phone. Yeah, just turn your phone. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a little community right there now. Do you know everybody out there? Um, I know, like, four people here. Okay. Yeah, like four. And uh, so, yeah. It's weird. You see the weather out here? It's kind of it's weird. It's kind of a little chilly today and kind of rainy. Mm-hmm. I mean, showers kind of. Yeah. Your windsock is pretty dead, though. Yeah, finally, it's been, it's been like, uh, well, yesterday we had, it was like 60 mile an hour yesterday. Yikes. So that's the day that I stay inside and watch Netflix. Yeah, that's, that's what nobody came out today, but uh, me and, uh, my moved around his dune buggy today. This those Can-Ams. Have you seen those? Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. I'm like, oh my God, I don't need to ride in this because now I want to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. So, Mark, the reason that we're having you on the show today is because we got reached out to by a couple of people who were super excited about your very unique rig. So, let's get into what are you riding around in? All right, well, let's see. Uh, I am riding into, so just uh, plain Jane here. It's a Ford 650 uh 2000 model truck and it's a uh it was a um provisioning truck catering truck for southwest airlines and um it's uh yeah i built it into a little tiny house uh seven months and i've been living in it now a little over maybe two and a half years i think coming up on three years and uh it's been great i pull a toyota tacoma 2018 tacoma and um i just travel everywhere i have uh just the the I, I pretty much got rid of everything that I own, house, uh, you know, or I was building a house, going to build, start building a house, and my land and everything I had in the house, all you know, furniture, all that stuff gone, um, garage stuff, workshop gone, just the stuff that I needed uh, on the road, and I have that with me here. That's so cool. So 
just in case people don't know what a what a food service truck or an airplane can do, you can take your your house and lift it into the air. Yes, it so it it is uh, it goes up about seventeen feet, and uh, basically it's what they what they use them for. It looks like a, a U-Haul truck on the inside. And uh, what the airlines did with it or what the airline people do um, is they put shelves in here and they have a, a cooler they keep ice in. And then so they have like cases of Cokes. Basically, whatever you get on the airplane is stored in that vehicle. They keep them on the tarmac out on the, on the airport, uh, uh, out on the ramp. And uh, so basically these vehicles never see the road. Some of them have uh, governors on them that only allow them to go like 20 miles an hour. Uh, because they never they never see the road they they're built and just, i think they go to hijack lift they put the lift on them and get it all working and then do some other modifications with lights and switches squat switches for safety features and then they they give them they sell them to the airlines and then uh they train their people how to use them and pull them off the airplanes they run them up uh once they get up to the airplane in the front and in the in the aft section uh so they'll run them up to the to meet the door and then they just knock on the door and then the flight attendant on the inside opens up the door and it's like hey what's up i'm here and then they open the door and then they go back and forth uh uh with this it's like a little deck patio that's built into the uh the um with the frame of the truck so it sits uh, on a i think they call it a headache rack it sits on top of that rack and then when the uh the box will will it's got a kind of a channel rail system so that when the box comes up, the floor will meet the 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 uh, the deck and then the whole thing will will go up so that they can come in and out of the box and use the ramp or the deck to walk into the airplane. So um, and then they just service it. So they'll, you know, get out any of the while they take the water out of the coolers. They, they have these little ice coolers in the planes. They'll they'll suck the water out and they'll put new ice in and then they start just restocking. So they're restockers, you know, for, uh, uh, they call them provisioning. Um, so, you know, restocking, uh, the snacks, the snacks are on me, the, uh, the Coke beer, you know, you name it. Depending so on you're currently camped out with all your friends. Are you still providing the snacks and the beer and the nuts? <laughs> I do. In fact, you're, uh, so I've got, I've just got a, uh, sometimes when I go to work, and actually, I still have some uh, Southwest Airlines peanuts. Oh, we don't have those. They don't have those anymore. They took them away. But yeah, so just all kind of little snacks. We just tons of them, you know. Oh, so when people come over, they're like, "Oh, snacks are on me, huh?" And I throw them, and they're like, "Oh, you're full up." So. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. awesome about that rig. Getting something like that is that you already have a deck built on the back. Like a lot of people go through this trouble of like getting a hitch and then building a full like deck off the hitch and stuff. Yours is already there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yep. Um, and just a just a slight correction. It's it's actually over the uh, over the cab, so it's on the front of the truck. Um, and it's uh, so I guess it's what eight feet. It's eight feet wide by I think nine feet, eight by eight or something like that, roughly. So yeah, it's I mean it's built in. It's already there. I just put grass on it and uh, astroturf, and so you know it's like a it's like a yard front yard, you know. Nice. Uh, I've got it. Yeah, got a grill up. Two grills. I have a Traeger smoker and a Blackstone griddle. So <laughs> how many square feet is this box that we're talking about? Square feet. Uh, it's a, a what 114 square feet. That's pretty big. So yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. 
And um, then so you got the governor taken off of it, obviously, or maybe this one didn't come with it. So when you're driving on the highway, is it registered as a commercial vehicle? And then how, like, do you need a special license to drive something like this? No, no. So the only reason that you would need a, uh, a, li- a special license is if a CDL, they call them, is uh, if you're actually uh, in business for commercial, but mine's for private use. Sometimes you'll see uh, guys with semi-rigs, semi-trucks that actually, they use those for uh, RV, and they actually have a, a big sticker on the side that's not for hire. And that's how that uh, they're able to, you know, not get pulled over by cops. And, oh, yeah, let me see your license or whatever. So it's for personal use. So don't need that. Um, let's see, your other question was... Uh, oh, was like how fast does it drive on the highway? Oh, um, uh, I'd say average around, you know, probably 55. So it's really not too bad. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, some of the trucks, the newer, newer models, this is a 2000, some of the 16s and up, um, they actually have a governor uh, built into the engine. I'm just thankful that I didn't have that. So but, um, I've had it up to, I think, 75 before going down a hill. It's very heavy. It's about, I'm sitting at about 25,000 pounds uh, or 26,000 pounds. The max is 27 and plus my Tacoma is on the back. So I'm, I'm 30,000 pounds plus probably probably mm-hmm. plus so you know when i'm full of gas full of water full of everything it's you know it's heavy and um mm-hmm. sometimes it can be an issue going down hills uh it's mm-hmm. a little scary at times but yeah that's when i get my max speed is going down hills uh yeah i think that's when we all get our max speeds. what's that that's when we all get our max speeds yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but this one, I tell you, it's, it's just it's funny looking going down the road for sure. I've seen videos of it going down the road. And it's it's pretty pretty funny. Well, I did really um, enjoy your like drone shot that you had when you were going down the road. Just think about the aspect that you are twenty six thousand plus pounds. You know what? Yeah. What, um, what challenges do you come in to with the rig? Like, have you do you have to worry about like you know? Uh, because I'm guessing that it's real road. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So some, some, I have to kind of make sure that some of the roads that I go down are not too rutted up. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the, uh, the rear, um, what do you call it? The rear platform that's back there, the steps they're, they're, uh, they came with the truck and they're kind of low to the ground. Um, a lot of people were like, Oh, you should probably get rid of those or just cut them off. And I was like, no, I actually kind of like them, you know, because it's kind of a platform and I've got on one side, I've got my uh, vice mounted on it. So I kind of, I can work back there, or, you know, with a vice or, uh, you know, the other side, I, um, I mean, it's just nice to have a, you know, one side I put like firewood on it and I'll crank it down. And then I've got the little, um, what do you call the little, um, uh, the, the links that you use to, to level your vehicle, the little level blocks. Oh yeah, the leveling, leveling block. So I'll stack those up on the other side and just, uh, you know, um, tie them tie them down. And uh, uh, yeah, so the challenges are uh, yeah. So sometimes some of the roads I got to make sure they're not too they're kind of solid. Uh, I got to watch for sand. I almost got stuck in sand one time out at uh, some I think it's called uh, Ambergosa Dunes out kind uh, of kind of uh to the northwest of uh las vegas there's a road up there some sand dunes almost got stuck out there um but yeah i just i just don't attempt it um 
Uh, I thought about, you know, doing like a four wheel drive conversion on it, but, um, honestly, I probably wouldn't take this thing to too much further off road with what I've done already, just because it's, mm-hmm. I just don't want to get this thing stuck. I mean, it'd just be, yeah. it'd be, I'd have, have a, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. Bulldozers come in and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't well, want to deal with it. I usually, I'm stay conservative. You have to get like a special extra toe toe, you know, like, so we need getting, two trucks. Yeah. Getting your rig stuck would be very yeah. difficult to unstuck. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I usually, I just play it safe and, you know, I, I try to, um, I try to look at the spot before I park or drive it in, like nose it in. I'm sure a lot of people that are RVers know what I'm talking about when they say that, you know, just be nose aware. Don't, I don't nose in somewhere. I'll, I'll stop. I'll unhitch my t- Tacoma and then I'll just take my Tacoma, go find a spot. And then I'll take my, uh, my electric motorcycle on the back of my Tacoma. And then I'll, if I find a spot where it's like, oh yeah, there's somebody's going to nab this if I don't get it. So I'll just park Tacoma, take the motorcycle off, cruise back to my rig. And then, you know, put the motorcycle inside the truck and then drive it over there. And then I got my spot. So that's kind of what I do. Or if I, you know, if, if, I mean, I've been doing this coming up on three years, you know, so I, I've, I've got some spots that I already know, you know, where I already know all about it, you know, where I'm going and stuff. So, um, that's kind of nice. So work wise, work wise, you're a commercial pilot, correct? Correct. Yeah, and so how does that work with uh, traveling in the rig? And is that one of the reasons why you you got into the rig? No. Um, so initially, I got into it. Uh, I, I had taken. Uh, they gave me. Um, I took a five year leave of absence with uh, pay. It was just partial pay, but it was it's plenty uh, pay. I mean, I'm I get a pension from the military. I'm retired Air Force. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I just, I had uh, took the five-year plan and then I was like, all right, well, I want to build this thing up as quickly as I can and as, as decent, good quality build as I can, because I need to get out there and go enjoy my life because I'm getting this opportunity that I, no one's probably ever gotten before. Just, you know, dude, this COVID thing is just the weirdest thing in the world. And um, so it was kind of like a little mini retirement, like for real, you know, getting getting paid and, and not having to go to work. And I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And I think, I, I think I did a pretty good job of doing that. Um, that's what my friends tell me. Um, uh, but they're, they're not you wrong. Know, they're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I was planning on doing this until they called me back. And then I said, you know, uh, I didn't really think about it for a while. And, and, and I was like, well, shoot, if they call me back, you know, am I going to go back or am I just going to quit or, you know, what do I do? And, uh, I just decided that, um, you know, I said, well, shoot, I mean, I, why not just, uh, you know, I can continue living like this because it's, I'm pretty much debt free doing it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, have to, I mean, everything's paid off. It's just wherever I park, you know, if I have to pay for parking, which I never do, but I usually try to, uh, scope out where I'm going to go that has an airport, uh, where I can actually commute to work, um, just with our commuter policy, uh, with the airlines, uh, with all the airlines, actually, we can fly on anybody to get to work for free. It's, I mean, it's standby. So, you you know, you're taking a chance. Um, but, uh, but I'm also jump seat, um, capable. So, which means that, you know, I'll be in uniform with my badge on and, uh, we've got a, uh, a certain badge that allows us to fly up in the front with the pilots, 
um, jump seat if, if they have one and to go to work. So that's kind of nice as well. Um, but yeah, just, uh, as long as I'm around, like I'm right now I'm in Moab. So if I had to go to work, uh, <clears throat> out of here in a couple of days, um, I could, all, what I would do is I would just lock up my rig. My, my buddies will still be here watching my rig while I'm gone. And uh, I'll just take my Tacoma over to, uh, Moab, Canyonlands airport, uh, park it there, pay for parking, hop on a plane to Denver. And then once I get to Denver, I just, I just walk over to the board and go, all right, who's, who's going to LA like next. And then I'll just go there and go, Hey, can I get on the plane? Yeah, sure. Hop on the plane and then go to, go, go to work. And then uh, we're hub based out of LA then. So like for you to fly, you have to get to LA and then from LA, then you can get on a job and fly for the airline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So as long as I get to LA, um, like if I, it depends if I'm doing the AM trips or PM trips. So if I'm doing an AM trip, I would try to get in there the day before and then get a hotel and that's out of my pocket. And then, so that way I'm kind of pre-positioned myself to, uh, start, start a trip or start work, you know, like a three day or four day trip. Um, sometimes I, I have like a, you know, noon, you know, a noon clock, noon report and um so i'll just try to get in if i, I mean I'll, it depends on how how many legs to get there but i was in vegas before this and uh so just to pop down out of vegas is like 38 minutes mm-hmm. so it was really nice because uh, that way i'm just like oh yeah i got i, I gotta work this afternoon and mm-hmm. and i would just catch like a 10 o'clock flight you know down there 10 30 11 and then start work at like noon or one and then um yeah go from there yeah and so but it sounds like it's you know, you have a lot of flexibility in your job. And so can you kind of, is there a minimum amount of hours that you have to work a month or something like that, or any kind of stipulation where you could literally just be like, Hey, I want to work for the next couple of days and then not for six months and then come back and work again. So, all right. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good question. Um, Cause uh, that is definitely uh, this job is the job that I have is very nice to have. Uh, if you want to live a lifestyle like this, which is pretty nice. I mean, I know a lot of people that work remote and, um, you know, it's perfect, you know, for living off grid. Um, but I would say definitely, uh, you know, flying is, is works really well living like this because it's flexible and the Southwest allows, um, a schedule flexibility when we can move around our trips. Uh, it, it's, it's rather complicated, but, um, so I'll, I'll try to be real benign if, if, if I can uh, not be too confusing about it, but yeah, so I've been on trips, right? So they have like all these trips and I'll do it the month prior to the month, you know, that I'm bidding on. So for, um, uh, let's see, what is it? April. So for May, um, um, I've already been on May. So I already have my schedule. So in, in May for June, I'll bid between the fourth and the 10th. And I look at these schedules and I go, okay, well, you know, and I, I usually just bid for, for location and I try to bid on the Hawaii trips. So I just, I, I fly to Hawaii all the time and, um, you know, why wouldn't you? And, um, I try to find the trips that have the longest overnight so that I can go to Hawaii and, and either go snorkeling or, you know, just stuff over there. Right. And, uh, so that's kind of how I bid. Now, once I do that and get my schedule, I can put my trips in what we call giveaway. And so if a pilot goes, Hey, wow, he's going to Hawaii. I want that trip. Then he can take it. Our company doesn't care. Um, so in other words, you're asking how, what am I required to fly? I'm not required to fly anything except for I need landings every 90 days. So if I never flew, but if I, if I didn't fly, but once every 90 days or, or have one landing, that's all they care about. You say to bid on it and then somebody could take it. Like how does that aspect work? 
So basically it's like, if I, if I have a trip, say next week to Hawaii and I, and I have it and I go, you know what? I don't, I just, I, I usually put all my stuff in giveaway anyway, just because if, if all my trips got taken for the month, now of course I don't get paid either. So, but that, you know, that's fine because I don't, I mean, I'm living off grid. I don't have bills to pay, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. Plus I have, you know, I have a retirement check. Um, so I would love for all my trips to get taken, but currently right now, um, they're not because, uh, we're, we're going through a massive pilot shortage right now and, and we can't keep up right now. And, and we're, I mean, they've, they've canceled, you know, our airline has canceled a whole ton of flights just due to the manning and, and trying to do the, the, I guess, COVID recovery, if you will. And, um, so we're, we're, they're, they're maxing us out, you know, so our schedules have, um, our schedules are not as, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fluid as they used to be like prior to COVID. I mean, it was pretty easy before COVID. I put a trip up there and it was gone, but see, they don't, the pilots, we don't have enough pilots now so that their, their schedules are full. So they can't get rid of their, nobody can get rid of trips because everybody's, we're all maxed out, I guess mm -hmm. is the best way to say it the pilot aspect to it, like since there's a shortage of pilots, are they starting to like fund any type of um you know workshops or something that allows people to get their commercial pilot license? Um they have come up with some programs uh in order to try to uh, get people into the pipeline so that they can hire uh you know um somebody that they've actually chosen to go. So they do have that. They've also they're I mean we're, I feel like we're picking up uh I, I hate to say, it, I mean, they're, I mean, and th this is across the board, um, but they, they've kind of lowered the requirements in order to try to maintain the, uh, the workforce, if you will. Um, and it's not like, it's not saying it's unsafe or anything. It's just before they had, you know, it's, it's a uh, supply demand, right? So there was a huge supply of pilots before. So then therefore the, the airlines could be real stringent upon, well, you know, we want to make sure you have, you know, 100,000 hours, you know, and you've, you know, mm -hmm. you've, you know what I mean? You've flown at least 20 years and mm -hmm. then we'll take you, you know, or you, you have to have a type rating or we're not going to hire you. Well, see, now it's gotten the point now where they're, they're scrambling and they're just trying to find people that they can get. And so they're mm -hmm. trying, you know, they're still hiring the best they can quality wise. Uh, I think I kind of asked that question out of like personal interest of like what it would take to become a commercial pilot and like learn how to fly and land planes. I think that would be a really cool thing to be able to do and also a uh, pretty, pretty awesome job. At the same and it time. sounds like you would have a job immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the best time to go to, to try to find a, a job in aviation for sure. Right now, I tell people that all the time. They're like, I've always wanted to fly and I thought it'd be cool. You know, I'm like, we'll do it now because when I when I got all my ratings and tried to find a job, they they were getting rid of people like mm -hmm. they had to. They were just furloughing people left and right. And it was just it was really hard to find a job. Hmm. You know, I wonder I worked, what it, I worked, it, uh, what's that? I wonder what it takes like uh, in the sense of like, because my thought is it would be very expensive to become a pilot. Right. Yeah. And uh, so to fund something like that, if there was like some type of uh, school or whatever, where it was like kind of you get free. like a college loan to become a pilot. Um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, you can. I mean, uh, they have colleges that have uh, flying programs and uh, they do have loans. Uh, yes, you can. Um, for sure. It's gone up. Uh, I can't believe it. My daughter started flying. Um, she didn't continue it, but I was just amazed at how much it cost to, to do, I think to get your private pilot now, it's like, I don't know, maybe 70,000, 80,000. That's crazy. 
Yeah, and I don't have that type of money, so that's why I'm like, are they doing any free things? (laughs) No, and and so to get to that point that you're talking about right there, I think uh, years ago they started a program when they started seeing that pilot shortage, and they were starting to um, sponsor people into these some of these programs or some of these uh, airports had um, programs where they would they would start teaching pilots on on their dime. So. I, I think you're going to see that here pretty soon just because they're going to get so desperate. They're going to need people and they're going to have to be like, well, you know what? Um, we're just going to have to start picking people and, and paying for it, you know? So, it, you know, the companies are going to take a hit. That's but, my moment you know, to sign up. It's all about timing. <laughs> That's funny. You might be too old by the time the program comes in. They're like, oh, you've only got a couple of years left. Of work. <laughs> well, well you, know, you never know unless you ask. Yeah, I mean, I wonder because the answer is always no until you ask the question, (laughs) right? Like, I like driving a lot. I can only imagine I would really love flying a plane. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Has to be such a such a lifting experience. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just a lot of fun, and and I enjoy the airlines just because it's a social setting, and you know, and I went to Southwest for the culture because typically everybody there is just. You know, it's 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 their own. You know, it's everybody's uh, happy and just just you know, it's just they kind of do their own thing and uh, personalized, I guess. You know, and mm-hmm. so they're looking for uh, personalities, uh, really, and and that's what makes that's what made Southwest so nice. Yeah, no problem. I said we have uh, some friends. Um, he his name is Eric, uh, and they go by Defining Adventure, and uh, he's actually a commercial pilot as well. He's working for oh. uh, American Airlines. Okay. And so it's kind of similar um, background in the military. I think he was actually in the Air Force as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, there was a guy on um, this last uh, insider thing that came out on Yahoo. Um, uh, there was a pilot on there, and uh, he was he was responded to some of the negative comments that people were saying about me, and he's like. And he was just totally step standing in for me. And I was like, oh my God, who's this guy? And, and then and then I kept reading some of his other comments for like he was, yeah, I'm a pilot and I do the same thing as he does. And except for I'm a captain for another airline or something. And I was like, oh man, I'd love to meet this guy. Um, Ooh, I wonder it's, cool. Who was. it's cool because it's like it's community, uh, and like it's it's somebody who's very similar to you in the sense of like the type of lifestyle they want to live. Right. And as yeah. well as have the same type of occupation, and they could like they could literally stand up to you because they know what it takes. And we probably get some similar comments uh, on the ones that he was probably standing up for you on, uh, right. just in the sense of like you know, yeah, you, know, you should go live in a regular house and and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, we, yeah. we totally get it. But yeah, but you know, it's just that's just something that uh, I mean, I I know it exists. It's like a, it's it's like a hundred percent. You're gonna get that. I mean, you you could uh, be the most um, amazing, perfect square person in the world. You know, just not do anything wrong, and I guarantee you, there'll be somebody on the planet who does not like you either, whatever yeah. reason, the way you look, the way, just I don't know, whatever, just the way the way you smile, the way you talk. Somebody's not gonna like you. And it's just, it, and you, you're going to have that. It's just a, one of those things like taxes, you know, and death. It's, a, it's guaranteed. You're, it's 100%. Uh, you're going to have that. So I just, you know, I, it's humorous. It's humorous to me. I like to, I like to read some of those, you know. So, you know, like, so, uh, oh, wow, that's, a, that's great for you, but not for me. And I'm like, oh, thanks for telling me. 
Thanks for yeah. taking the time to write that. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of uh, tax and debt, I'm sorry, uh, tax and death being the two things, it should be really be three things. Uh, taxes, right. debt, and haters. You're going to have them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, haters. People that are just not happy, you know, that yeah. are just negative. Ah, you know. I like yeah, the people but... who find uh, good things and everything, you know. Heck yeah. There, there's, and you know, there's a lot of those out there too, which I'm, I'm real happy. I think you find a lot of that within this community too. Like uh, a lot of the people in this community, the people type of people that find like the the beauty in things and the the happiness of of life. And you know, if there's a problem, they figure out the solution. Or why wasn't a problem? And it's because of X, Y, and Z. And so now I know to do this instead. You know what I mean? Like they're, right. they're looking for the solution for the problem rather than just building on that problem. Right. Yeah. I, and I tell this to a lot of people that ask me about, you know, you, you ever meet any crazies out there on the road, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I said, to be honest with you, I have met some of the best people in the world out here. I said, in fact, I've made lifelong friends of people that I've met last year and only known maybe a year or two. And they are better friends than my lifelong friends that I grew up with or went to college with. And um, I think it's just it's just a, a mindset, you know, it's just mm -hmm. and it's just amazing that the quality of people that are out here and uh and then the other thing is like you know if people steal your stuff you know and i'm like you know i it's just no there's it's just um, i know it happens but uh i don't think any i mean the, the the caliber of people that are out here they're not going to be stealing stuff and i think the people that steal and and try to you know break into to rigs are um they're definitely not people that live like this you know they're people mm -hmm. that i don't know out of the city you know they're just oh yeah let's mm -hmm. go let's go find those sprinter vans you know those quarter mm -hmm. million dollar vans there's got to be something expensive in there you know yeah that's fair we've I had the exact same experience most of the people that we've met on the road you know not everybody's going to be your cup of tea and become your lifelong friend and whatever but like we've met so many friends in the last three years living on the road uh so are better friends to us than people back home yeah. who we've known forever, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, it's interesting. And I think it's got a lot to do with like how slow the lifestyle is. Like right now you're camped out. There's a bunch of people around. Maybe you sit in for coffee. Maybe then you go ride your, what's it the called? Can -Am. The Can-Am. Then you have yeah. like a cookout together and then you sit around a fire and you all share stories. Yeah. You spend time yeah. with these people. Yeah. Rather it's, than it's like, the, yeah. In, in like regular life, it's like, oh, maybe I'll see you at the Super Bowl party and then I'll see you again for New Year's. You're, you know, like right. it's just like yeah. you never see anybody. Right. No, it's great. And it's and, and it's weird because like we it's just, you know, you, you do these things and they're just basic things of life that and it's fun, you know, and it's like, wow, we, we like you said, oh, we went road bikes today. We met for lunch and then we're going to have a fire and, and I'm going to cook, you know we're going to do dinner. So like a potluck, you know, and everybody pulls dinner together and then it's, it's awesome. You know, it's like sweet, you know, and next thing you know, it's been like six months, you know, and you're like, <laughs> oh, man. it's, it's time to move. And then people split apart, people split apart and we keep in touch and we're all like on social media. So we know where, we know where everybody is kind of. And we're like, Oh, somebody like when I was cruising over here, uh, one of my buddies is here and, and uh, I was watching stories and I'm like, I'm like, I think he's, that's in Moab there. I think they're in Moab. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to go there. So I, I pulled in here and, and I know like four people here. And then I just met like another 30 last night. 
and uh you know so it's just it's just it's a great it's a great lifestyle i love it it's awesome it's fun good times a lot of once like getting into like you kind of feel change like the first month or so you know you go through these like little things where you're like trying to get comfortable but then all of a sudden it's like it's like anything else that you learn in life all of a sudden something clicks and it's like right. okay, yeah, I know what I'm. I know what I'm doing. I know where to go. I know that I could sleep at night. I don't have to worry anymore. And you just yeah. like fall into this like fun aspect of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that definitely. That definitely. I went through that. I think everybody does that. You know, moves out of the traditional house into a small space with with not all the contemporary stuff that you have in your home. You know, and I. You know, you kind of go a little crazy, and then you just kind of figure it out, and then. But you got to go through it. You know. You just, you mm-hmm. have to, and, uh, it just makes you stronger doing all this stuff. Yeah. It's like that rite of passage too. You know, it's, uh, you have to go through some of these feelings and stuff to, to get to that point of like, you know what? I made it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If somebody was looking to purchase a similar vehicle as to what you have, how do you know about that? Because I have never seen a airline service truck available for sale on Facebook. I haven't either. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm telling you, it's it's uh, I I it, I got so lucky, um, and I, I I'd like to say that this was uh, this was a gift from from God for me. It was uh, I was looking down the road of you know, building a home and, and buying an airplane and kind of do, going that direction in life and HOA. And, and, uh, I, I kept running these roadblocks and, and all of a sudden I kept having these signs that were just put in front of my face, you know? And I, I like I said, it's, you know, some people call it the universe this you know, the universe is providing whatever. And I, I mean, I, for me, it's for, it's God and, and, mm-hmm. and, and all, everything started lining up for me in, in living this lifestyle. And, um, like I had never, I had, I was going to get, are you guys familiar with a Fuso truck? Yeah. It's like a cab over four wheel drive. Yeah. We know exactly what you're talking about. We have friends that live out of there. Yeah. Well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had a Fuso lined up and um, when I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to go this route because none of my normal life stuff is working out. And then all of a sudden that, you know, that Southwest goes, Hey, we don't need you to fly anymore. Um, we, we're looking for guys to take time off and wow, maybe even up to five years. I was like, Oh my gosh, well, I definitely want to go do this now. This seems like the smart thing to do. I'm going to take my money and run now because who knows what's going to happen. You know, <clears throat> I'm going to get out while, you know, while I can, you know? And I, I mean, I had like, I had a guy come up and offer me cash for my land. I didn't even have to put it up for sale. We didn't even Ooh. use a realtor. It was unbelievable. And like I said, everything, and this all happened like all within the same couple of days. And, you know, like, and then the Fuso truck, the guy's like, yeah, I can't sell it to you. And an hour later, uh, one of the captains that I had flown with um, remembered me uh, just chatting up uh, how cool it'd be to have a provisioning truck and to build it out. And so I get a text from him about an hour later and he's like, Hey man, look what I found. I found a Provo truck for you. And it was on, it was listed on a forum pilot forum um but it was on a public auction um and they uh and it was so it was on the auction they were auctioning off seven trucks seven or eight trucks up in seattle and it was like the next day and i'm like dude i gotta i gotta think fast on this because this is tomorrow they're gonna start bidding on this truck and it's you know the bid was started at 100 bucks and uh so that's where you find the trucks is on these auction sites um the one that i found it was called proxy bid 
um, proxy. I don't know if it's uh, it's uh, what was it called? Star Starman Brothers. They're out of Texas, and um, but they I don't know if they operate through proxy bid or proxy bid is the name of the I don't know, but it's something to that nature. But that that's where you can find them. And I've had a couple people that follow me that are you know, highly interested in doing what I did. And, uh, and we talk on a regular basis. In fact, the guy that did the pictures for me and for the, uh, recoil magazine, um, he, he had, he's found, he's found some, but they're either too old or they got issues or they want way too much money. You know, like he was bidding on one of them. I think it went up to like 17,000 or something. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of hit or miss to find them. Um, I guess the question I would have is how many miles would they even have on them? Not that much, even at that. No, uh, no, it's time. They have a lot. Like I think this this truck I have uh, had seventy two thousand miles on it. Uh, it was a twenty year old truck, but it had like forty five thousand hours on it. I think it was forty five thousand. I believe just because it idles so much. Yeah, right. They just idle all day, all right. day every day. So it, this truck's been idling for twenty years. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's crazy, but uh, you know, honestly, this this truck has given me not really the motor's fine. I mean, it's got some a little bit of oil leaking, you know, a little oil leaking like any other That's old vehicle. Replace some seals just, and you're good. Yeah, so I, you know, and and you know, and I I had a guy he was doing an oil change on it, and he's mechanic kind of guy. And he's like, you know what? He goes, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't not even pay to tear it apart to figure out where it's leaking. He goes, just keep mm-hmm. putting oil in it. He goes, dude, this thing's gonna last. It, it, it you'll probably die before the truck, you know. So I have to ask you this: It went up for bid for a hundred dollars. What did you end up getting it for? I ended up paying thirty three hundred. Woo! Stealing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, um, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I don't. Again, like I said, um, it was a gift. I mean, it yeah. was everything. The stars were aligned for me, and and I was like, oh my gosh, thirty three hundred dollars. I don't even. I, I've looked at used cars for that much and they don't even run. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, and then, you know, it's funny. I, it reminds me of another comment I saw. Oh, there's no way that guy bought that for 3,300 bucks. Those, those trucks go for like, you know, 18,000, you know, the, the high lift jack and the, and the motor's worth more than that. And, and I'm like, well, that's what I got it for. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making it up. I'm not lying to you, but I got this truck for 3,300 bucks on an auction. Yeah. yeah sometimes you know i mean that's deal. it's a fact you know and, but see like i said there's naysayers about everything and i'm like mm-hmm. i can't tell you anymore that's how much i got it for and uh some yeah, you know like, here's my bill of sale so right. like even for instance the uh the engine i just pulled out of this car uh the the core alone if you were to send it back they would give you 410 dollars for it but yeah the wow. the the thing is is that they're underpaying for the core because they want to build it and resell it, right? So yeah. if you and it's still a running engine, it runs. It runs. It just it has um, a low end knock, which is most likely the bearings on the rod bearings on it. And yeah. you could replace that. You might want to look at the camshaft and make sure that's all good. But you, if you replace that and that's all you need, you literally just got yourself, uh, you know, a four hundred dollar, thousand dollar engine that you can now sell for two thousand bucks. Right. Right. So, it, but there were so many people that were like, you should give it away or I would give you 50 bucks. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. Like, it's oh, yeah. Nice yeah. There's, there's, there's all kinds of walks out there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's amazing. It's so cool that like everything lined up for you, you know, the, the gift from God or, you know, the, just the, the, 
life lining up for you properly. However, people want to see it, you know, it is, it is, um, you're seeing the signs no matter what. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and you're, you're saying yes to those signs. And I think that's the biggest importance is to be able to notice those things and, and say yes to them. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's made my life so much easier, more fun, happy, positive, not -hmm. much negative. It's just, it's just been a blessing. And, um, yeah, so I, I listened to my signs. I, I you know, and, and I and I think back when I was younger, and I'm like, you know what? I had a sign here, a sign here, and I disregarded it. I'm yep. no longer doing that. I will not do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any recent experiences of life on the road where you did listen to a sign and something really good came out of it? Um, not right, not right off, right off the top of my head right now. I can't think of anything. <laughs> um, just okay. I, I, I just. I mean, I think, I think one of the biggest things for me is, uh, cause you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, where are you going this summer? Or where are you, when are you leaving? How long are you going to be here? And I'm like, yeah, I go, you know what? I don't, I don't know. And, and I don't, I don't want to know. I just, I plan one day at a time, you know, unless there's something like, you know, like, uh, I like say, for example, like if my daughter's getting married or, you know, then that's kind of where I'll have to plan stuff. But if there's no, uh, reason to, try to make a plan for anything i don't want to do it because that's how i lived my life previously you know especially in the air force and flying jets you know we we had a plan you know we had to stick by it and i was i was a totally different person i was very rigid you know get mad at you know the whole family we're late for church or you know we're we're going to be late at the the dinner tonight you know and just very you know you know hey we got a vacation here's the itinerary and we're going to stick to it you know and if it if we didn't go along with the itinerary, you know, I'd get upset. And, uh, that's, that was one of the things I completely changed about my life is that I don't want to do that anymore. I want to try being just, let's just show up to the roti and figure it out. You know, yeah. do we go yeah, left? What, or right? I don't know. Well, what, my, my gut says, let's go right. Just, I don't know why it just does. Yeah. yeah. What's so cool about it is, um, it sounds like that you are finally living the journey and, you know, not, picking the destination and then being, you know, sad to leave after you've gotten there. You know what I mean? Like you're you're allowing yourself to live in the moment. And that is one of the hardest things as people that we could ever do is live in the moment, but you found this really good way of figuring it out for yourself. And I think that's why you're being, you know, partially so blessed is that you are able to, you know, uh, a lot of people are always planning and doing these things because they're trying to live in the moment, but realistically they're not. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. I just let things happen. And, uh, you know, I just, I just let the Lord, you know, show me the path and I take it and it's worked out. I mean, imagine that, you know, it's just crazy how it works, Yeah. but full, full testimony here. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah. we're, we're thankful to be part of that, you know, and, and to see it, uh, cause it, it's something that, a lot of people just don't, you know, if they just, if they give way and they allow themselves to just live and let the things show themselves and, and, and say yes to them, I think that we would all live in a much better, happier way, you know? So uh, with all that being said, you know, what, what is some advice that you would give to somebody that's going to be, you know, thinking about getting on the road and what's some advice that you would have for them? Um, It would be, uh, well, first it would be, um, to figure out, you know, 
A lot of people, I think, I think what's hard for a lot of people is that they, they don't know how to do things. And I'm kind of use that term broadly as in like, um, you know, I don't know how to, well, some people don't, you know, I don't know how to change a tire. I don't know how to, some people barely know how to put gas in their car, but, but Mm -hmm. you need to figure out like what your capabilities are, what you want to go. Do you want to just buy it right outright and then figure it out as you go? Or do you want to have somebody help you build it? Um, but I think that's the initial shock for some people is that, and a lot of people don't do it because they're, they're not educated in, in like, you know, either plumbing or electrical or, you know, mechanical type stuff. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, um, I think that's probably the biggest one is to figure out, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out. And if it doesn't work, I can always go back to my old life. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the hardest things to do. Um, but I think, I think, uh, uh, a good advice would be to come up with a plan like you know um i i is is a van big enough you know do i have a dog do i have a significant other do i need something bigger do i need a box truck do i need a a schoolie a short bus schoolie or something you know figure out what what you think you need you know what you're realistically going to be able to live with uh for me i mean like i said i was living in a or not really not full time but i had a van and, you know, you know, I think a band is, it was a short, normal band that where I, you know, I couldn't even stand up in it. And, um, so I, I was like, you know, and, and I had that, it was kind of an experiment, you know, and I'm like, you know what, I can do this. This is actually fun because I don't really have a lot of things in here except for like a couple pilot uniforms and maybe one or two changes of clothes, one toothbrush, uh, you know, that's it. And I, I didn't have much at all in there, just a dock mm-hmm. kit, you know, um, and uh, and I'm like, you know what? I could probably do this. Fine, this is fun because it's simple, you know. And I knew that when I went home, I'd have a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, I'm like, oh my god, look at all this stuff I have. I have to like manage all this stuff. Um, so simple, but to figure it out, you know, can you do it? Do you want to do it? Make the commitment. Um, and then, uh, you know, budget. Come up with a budget. What do I want? What do I need? And like I said, the plan. You know, figure out. Okay, yeah. Well, I want to stick strictly with kerosene or diesel uh, powered equipment like my stove or my heater i you know i want to do that i do i want heated floors i want to go extravagant um do i want like how much solar do i want to just have a plug-in so i have to depend on rv sites or do i want to be off-grid capable you know how am i going to get my water how big water tank you know um so things like that you just want to start looking at it and you know the biggest way to do that obviously get online and start looking at people's bills instagram or facebook Mm -hmm. i'm sure um you know just start looking how people do what they do how they live what their lifestyles like um you know what's their routine you know can i do that you know try to put mentally put yourself in uh into their life or their shoes and to see Mm -hmm. you know this um and then obviously the job, you know, what type of job will my job allow me to do this? Because some people work uh, in a cubicle or they can or they have kids, you know, or whatever. They're still in school. You know, do I have to homeschool? Do I not? Do I am I single? Am I, I'm an empty nester. So, you know, just a lot of those like life things kind of deal. You know, where am I going to get my income? You know, what do I do if I do have a problem with, uh, you know, I break down or uh, I don't know, something goes wrong. I have a leak, <laughs> my plumbing or, you know. You know, stuff like that is to try to set yourself up, you know, before you get into it and then, you know, disappoint yourself because you didn't think about some of those things. And, you know, because, uh, yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, it was great talking with you as well. I'm looking forward to the day that we actually get to hang out with you and see a rig in person. We'll be in something completely different at that point, too. 
Um, you know, just recently we sold our van and uh, we have this 1985 Sun Raider that's just more like an in-between rig. So we're, we're really interested in this type of rig because um, we're, we're thinking about around about like something sort of like this, maybe like a box truck. I don't know. We'll see what, what it pans out to be, but it's really cool seeing it and hearing your story and just like getting to understand, you know, why this became your option. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I tell you what, I, I highly encourage people to do it. Um, you, you guys know, I mean, I'm not telling you anything, but I mean, it's just, it, it's just a whole different way of life and it's just a whole, it's a, it's a new way to look at life and things and just you, you, basically uh, like the simple things in life. like, there's there's stuff that I do that's like so simple and I get so excited about it. Like like the other day, well not the other day, but like like see I had this um this little this is a uh this little uh kitchen towel, right? And it was hanging and it uh-huh. was like in the way. I had it hanging down here and I'm like, you know, this is such in the way. And uh so I put it on one of those retractable deals and I was just so excited, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had this towel and now it goes up out of the way. It's so cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like the smallest things, you know, make, get you all excited and happy, you know, just, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot, you know? And that's what I like, that's what I like about this life. And, and people are, we're all the same, you know, we, we all the same thing. And, uh, it's just, you're, you're around people that are, we, we get happy over little things. It's, it's, you know, it's great. Love that. So. It's like, it's, it's like becoming a child again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another way to look at it. Like a kid, well, I think too, you're also building something with your hands. Like even if yeah. it's something as little as a retractable towel, you're like, I made that. How cool right, is right. that? So, you know, it's funny. I, I just gave a tour earlier and, uh, and, and any, and that's like one of the things I, sh- and everybody's like, they're blown away. They're like, Oh my God, that's can brilliant. I steal that idea? Can I, yeah. I want, I am going to do that. How do you, where do you get that little retractable thing? I'm like, well, it's, janitors use it, you know, in elementary school, they have it on their belt and it's got keys on it. Or yeah. you can go to like a fly fishing shop and they have the retractable, you know, for your clippers and, uh, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, what a great idea. Or magnets, you know, put magnets yeah. all over the place to put, you know, like your knives or, you know, I, whatever, you know, we, I have them glued on my have magnets because. all on our ceiling for our shower. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's just kind of neat, you know, to, to see whatever, what, what people's minds are, you know, I think every, every tiny house or every van out here is just a replication of that person's soul and personality, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just cool to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd love to meet up with you guys. Uh, follow me, whatever, if you guys get out there, let me know where you're at and uh, we'll meet up sometime. Yeah. Be super cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. And yeah. we'll definitely have all your links in the show notes so people can go and, see what this rig looks like in person, like, you know, really conceptualize what we've been talking about. I personally think it's rad. So uh, I'm just excited <laughs> to you. talk to you about it. So, uh, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Man, yeah, man. I even like your little sign in the background, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, you got to see it in person because it's totally different in person. Well, awesome. we look forward to keeping in touch with you. Thank you again for coming on and stay safe yeah. out there. Enjoy your travels, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with you guys. And uh, if you got any questions, give me a call. Let me know and I'll answer anything you want to know. I had a ton of fun in that conversation. It was really amazing to see the positivity coming from Joseph. Uh, It's just, you know, like I think he is definitely a nomad. He has that he has the same attitude 
and feeling as, like, all the nomad friends that we've met on the road, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that, like, he has the freedom and flexibility in his job to be able to kind of, like, come and go as he pleases and be on-grid, be off-grid, you know, take the van to take a flight, you know, do all these things, choose to go to Hawaii whenever he wants, you know? Like, it's really nice um, to see that, you know, another opportunity for a job, obviously being a pilot is a very skilled and trained job. It's not just something that you could say, oh, I'm going to be a pilot, and then pick that up as a, you know. It's like tens of thousands of hours of flying. Right. Just to become a commercial pilot. Right. But, you know, between retiring from the military and then becoming a commercial pilot, we actually have another friend, uh, Defining Adventure. That's what they're doing right now. Yeah. He retired from the military, was a police officer for a while, and then now he's flying planes commercially. And so, you know, it seems like a job where, they need people, obviously. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for like a career change, it might be something that you're interested. Out in. of the two pilots we know, two of them live van life in some type of way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like that's a pretty successful rate. Yeah, for sure. What What's cool about it is like you know normally you'd meet somebody like that and you would never think that they've lived in a van or live in a van. Yeah, I mean, I don't think when I get on a plane and I see the captain all buttoned up in their uniform that, that I think... That guy lives in a van. For sure. <laughs> but maybe I should change my perception. I guess my question is, does that make you feel less safe or more safe? I don't know. Because, like, they drive they drive a plane for a living, and then they drive basically for a living yeah. to move around their house. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And maybe it's something that you would consider if you were also... Like a flight attendant or something like that. Because, again, you have the flexibility of the hours and the time and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's a little bit less uh, input to become a flight attendant than it is to become a pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder what it's like. I don't think we've ever met any flight attendants living van life. But maybe, hey, you never know. It might be you. Yeah, so if you want to come on the show and tell us about that, we're always interested in hearing from new guests with new experiences on the road. Obviously, we've got our Van Life News podcast that we're going to be coming at you with. I think next week we're going to do that one. Mm -hmm. And so much information coming. We love doing the show. We love sharing all of these stories and just, you know, bringing the Nomad community a little bit closer together. We love doing this for you guys because you guys are amazing. You rock. So stay FNA. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right. All right.